All right, Justin. A through Z. P. Thank God that is literally the only fucking letter I had a damn thing for. Nice. Uh, last <laughs> week when we recorded, I said that it was more or less rumored that Pedro Pascal was the favorite to become Reed Richards. And it is now more or less official. Pedro Pascal will be Reed Richards. I'm uh, down for it. It is rumored Good. that Vanessa Kirby will be Sue Storm. Uh, what's his name? Quentin Nelson. The guy from Stranger Things that played Eddie. What's his name? <laughs> Joseph Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Quinn Johnson. Uh, <laughs> he's rumored yes. to be Johnny Storm. Or in the That'd lead for Johnny Storm. No fucking clue. Yeah. Who's in the lead for Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing. Uh, Javier Bardem is in the running to play Galactus. Hmm. Okay. And uh, that's all I got for that. But so far, that's the way it's shipping up. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is rumored to be possibly in the running for Doom, which you may remember him as random, you know, whatever the fuck his bad guy name was in Doctor Strange. I do like the fact that Marvel's like, man, we fucked up using really great actors for small little bitch-ass villains that nobody gives a fuck about. So let's just bring them back. <laughs> I mean, they wasted Mads Mikkelsen playing, you know, bad guy sorcerer number one in, you know, Doctor Strange. Like, I know technically that character has a name. I also know no one knows it. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> exactly. No one knows the villain's name in Doctor Strange. So. But, yeah, that's that's so far what we got um, as far as big news. Uh, I did find uh, – so I, I did hear on another podcast called The Weekly Planet – uh, during their their known segment of hot scoop or shot of poop, I hope I did all their criteria right when you're supposed to give them credit during this segment. But anyway, they they had more or less somebody write in saying that they are familiar with the contract that Jonathan Major signed for uh, to play Kang, and supposedly part of the contract does stipulate that. No one can play king but him. You know, and because mm. of the inherent, hmm. uh, you know, characteristic of king that there's just all the variants of king. So it's more or less like writing into the contract that any variant of king would still be played by him. So in doing so, that that logic limits, or that that contract logic dic- uh, like limits what Disney can do when it comes to possibly replacing him. So that is why supposedly they're just switching gears completely and getting rid of Kang. So, wow. Well, that, that would makes make a more, sense. more sense. Yeah. Yes, sir. 
And I mean, but and I, but the thing is, is I doubt Disney just completely flat signed that. Though I guarantee there's going to be some sort of morality clause or ill ill uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the word when you make somebody look bad? I don't know. Like a defamation? No, not not technically no. defamation, <laughs> but it's it's the type of clause essentially. If you make Disney look bad, mm. they can get rid of you for cause. You know, so it's this type of thing right here. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I know part of it is, like I said, they're waiting for the trial, which is in December, all this other stuff. But, you know, every, with everything still being up in the air, they've got to move forward with something. I mean, they've got they've got nothing coming out, just nothing. You know, the biggest Marvel release to come out coming up is technically Deadpool 3. And that's not even a traditional MCU movie. So who knows? But strange times are afoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Oh, uh, I do have an update on the newest Game of Thrones book. Uh, George R. R. Martin t- uh, came out today saying, uh, nowhere near fucking done. Just got hundreds and hundreds of pages still to write. So we're never going to get the end of that book series. Yeah. Never. I feel like nobody's going to care by the time he's done with it. I mean, I don't don't know how many people care now, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, I would if I thought we'd get the last book, but I think technically he's still got one more after this to write. So you're just like, we're like never going to get it. Setting yourself up to be like, I'm not going to look forward to it because it's never happening. Yeah. They are never going to officially end Game of Thrones like with him as the writer because he's going to die. Like, And I don't even mean that in a mean or malicious way. I just mean that as the guy is getting kind of old and at the pace in which he is writing, no human being could live that long to finish. Like, you would have to live to, like, those older biblical ages to finish writing this series at the at the writing rate he is going. Yeah, or maybe if you could, maybe if cryo sleep is invented by that time, you could cryo. And then yeah, just, but that's know, the wake problem. Wake your ass up and read he's, it. If, if that motherfucker's cryoing, he's not writing. <laughs> Can't write if you're that's frozen. True. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But I mean, you could cryo, you know, maybe you cryo, hopefully he will live. I think the world's going to end before that happens. I think literally (laughs) we're going to get to the end of the solar life of our sun and it's going to (laughs) collapse upon itself, ending all like life in our solar system, which I mean, is just us, but I'm just saying like our entire solar system will die before he finishes these fucking books. And that's does billions of years kid, away. Does he have any kid writers or anything like that? Like one of them second generation is like, I will finish my father's work or something like that. I don't think he has children. Damn it. He's not interested in like making one or. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, 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 I'll email him and be like, hey, I'll finish the books for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> and just and like just after he passes away, I'll be like, all right, it's my turn to take over, and I'm gonna crack my knuckles, and then I'm gonna like, all right, here's the book, the final one. <laughs> However, the show ended, so does this, and then just print that. Bam, done. Be done. Just fuck everybody <laughs> up. He does the voice on the audiobooks for it, right? Or no, 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 he didn't. Oh, okay. I thought he did. No, it's some guy, but it's yeah, it's not him. But yeah, that's how I'm gonna that's how I would end it. Just to fuck everybody that's like, oh, the books would never end this way that it would officially be, that's how they ended. And maybe to fuck with them a little bit, be like, This is how the book ends, just like the show, but technically the show did it a little better. Period. The end. Just to fuck with them even a little more, it's good they'd be like, but but no, the, the show's worse. They're like, well, hey, according to the book, it's better. So. Man. Well, I, I, I wish he would finish them, though. Because then maybe we could, like, reboot that last season or something. I don't know. Maybe we can. Maybe it can end better than it did. Everyone that will have been involved with the show will be dead. Oh, even man. the children. Will have grown old and died waiting on that last book to come out. No hope. That's all I'm saying. No No hope. hope. No hope. You guys got any news for us? I don't think I have anything on my end. I mean, the only thing that I read of any relevancy, I mean, we kind of talked about it last on our last episode, but still. So the second week of the Marvels, unfortunately, wasn't any better. Was one of the it, biggest. It had like a uh, 80% drop off or something. Oh, wow. That's unfortunate. 80% drop off of not a lot to begin with. Yeah. Which is sad. It's good. Yikes. It's a good movie. It's sad. I know. It's, I know. And anytime there's an article about it or it flopping or something like that, it's just full of comments of people saying, I saw the movie and I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. It's just nothing but people. Like, nobody is hating on the movie that saw it, but but nobody's seeing it. It's it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've got no idea because I've got no idea what the fuck Disney's doing with half the shit they do. I mean, they'll sit there and you you know how like they, they came out with that Willow TV series, like the, the sequel to Willow, like the extended stories of Willow and all that stuff. And they put that out on Disney plus and like I was behind. I hadn't gotten to it yet, but before I could even get to it, they're like, we're canceling it. No season two, and we're getting rid of it. It's not even going to be on the service anymore. You can never watch it. And I'm just like, okay, I guess. Like, that's 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 how you drum up potential interest, Disney. Just burning all evidence that it ever existed. Okay. So, yeah, I don't I don't know like. I don't know what Disney's doing with this stuff. I, I I think a lot of it is just eroded faith in everything. 
Mm-hmm. I think there's been too many bad Marvel movies recently. Even though the last two were good. I mean, but Guardians 3 didn't do as good as the other ones. You know? Yeah. I I mean, I'd at least argue that regardless of anything, I it's better than Guardians 2. You know? Like, I'm not expecting it to hit Guardians 1 numbers, but it's better than Guardians yeah. 2. And, you know, we get nothing. And I mean, was Ms. Marvel a big hit? I can't remember if it did well. It we don't know because Disney fucking hides all their numbers on Disney Plus. Yeah, right. But then, but they also did release it during the summer on ABC. It was airing like once, a, like an oh. episode a week on ABC. But that was also to fill the content gap created because they didn't have any fucking shows because the 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 actors and writers strike. Yeah. Okay. But also as a way of promoting the Marvels. So I don't know. Yeah, because I was wondering about that and then also the fact that there were so many people who didn't like Captain Marvel in general and if those are maybe some factors, but. Yeah, I have no idea. But that's the thing is this movie's getting nowhere near the backlash Captain Marvel got. So I have no idea. I just, no clear cut like rhyme or reason outside of, I mean, movies in general aren't doing that great these days. Yeah, a lot of movies have been hit. You know, we were talking about Mission Impossible. We were talking about um, even Trolls didn't do well either, did it? I don't think, I don't believe so. I mean. I forgot there was a Troll movies movies until you said that. (laughs) Didn't I make fun of it last weekend or two weeks ago or something? I made fun of that movie. Yeah, I think you did. And yeah, I completely still forgot it existed. Yeah. I've seen like one promotional thing for it and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And then what was that Pixar movie, the elemental movie that came out? That, that one ended well? up doing okay in the end. It, oh, it did. It, it's, but it stayed in theaters for like three months. So it just ended up being like an okay return. Not great. Not like gangbusters, like, oh, my God, it's going to save Pixar. It's just not a complete financial loss in the end. But it took months. And that's the thing is I don't think it ever had the dropout that this had or drop off that this had, you know, because it didn't start that high. And so it just kind of maintained, you Mm. know, it was just doing 30 mil a week, you know, just kind of cruising. Never number one, never the biggest movie of the week, but just kind of cruising. You know? And, but this, like, it's that's a drop. Like, that means less screens, less everything. Like, it's going to be hard to recover at this point. I mean, I mean, we'll see. This weekend is what's going to determine it. You know, like. Yeah with the holidays and stuff, it might get some help, but shoot, I don't know, man. And, and so much has happened with, with this recent like line of movies, just now that you're connecting to TV and you got all these other things you got to watch in order to be able to follow the movie and stuff like, I don't know. It may, maybe 
I just feel like the public has changed, man. You know, the, the COVID and then it came out like right after the strikes. So I don't know how much that affected the ability to market the film and all of that kind of stuff, you know, any kind of promotional stuff you could do with people and shows and stuff. I wonder how much the strike affected that also. So I don't know. It's just a bunch of factors, man. The sad thing is, I think they all just added up. The sad thing is, is if anything should be strike proof when it comes to like releases, you would think a Marvel movie almost just a Marvel. Like you would have just enough built in publicity to where it would, you know, be not as highly, you know, like maybe box office suffers a little bit, but you think it just weather it a little bit, you know, I got no idea yeah. on this, like just nothing about it. Like hey, or I, maybe the hard truth is, is just, it, it's, it can't just be Marvel anymore. You know, not, e- not every Marvel character can do what a Spider-Man can do or what, Batman or what you, you know I mean and even though Batman's DC but still you know you gotta got those characters where when their movies come out it's almost like oh it's gonna make money it's gonna have public interest people are gonna go see it kind of like oh it's Spider-Man I'm gonna go see that but maybe that's just what it is too it's like if it's not Iron Man if it's not Spider-Man if it's not you know, Captain America, if it's not, you know, if it's not those people that you made all this money with, then maybe it just doesn't have that following or interest for people, I guess. I mean, I'd I'd even just say, though, that like right now, I mean, there are only two franchises in all of comics or whatever you want to call it that you can make movies based on their villains and just say that's fine. And that's, and that's because they are a big enough property regardless. That's Batman and Spider-Man. Yeah. They're not making Lex Luthor. They're not making Brainiac. They're not making any of that shit off soups. You know, even with Iron Man, they're not making, you know, Fing Fang Foom or Modoc <laughs> yeah. or yeah, that's true. Mandarin. They're, they're not doing any of his villains in solo movies. That's true. You know, they're not trying to make some sexy movie about this guy that becomes a Modoc at the end. And he's the, you know, the tragic tortured soul that becomes a murder robot. They ain't doing that yeah. shit, but they're fucking doing Joker too. Getting Lady Gaga and making it a fucking musical. Yep. It's just like some pe- some characters, man, that they're, they're just they just have the Midas touch. And then other characters, it's like it's almost just a gamble, you know? It's just I mean, there are more movies based off Spider-Man side characters and villains then there are almost Spider-Man movies coming out. Yeah. And everywhere you look, like, I I mean, and and right now, I mean, Spider-Man is just the one because 
Spider-Man just continues to make money no matter where it is. The PS5 Spider-Man game had record sales, you know, um, across the Spider-Verse did awesome. Um, you know, No Way Home, all the homes, <laughs> you know, uh, in theaters did great. So it's like, and then the Venom movies, they do all right, man. We don't like them. They but just they do somehow right. make money. I mean, they, 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 they work. So I don't know, man. I think it's becoming a thing where it can't just be Marvel. It's who is the character that this is about now with them sort of bringing back the X-Men. I think the X-Men is whenever we finally are just doing the X-Men, I think that that's going to be a real indicator of what's happening because a lot of people like X-Men. A lot of people are into X-Men. If that comes out and doesn't make any money, I'd be really surprised. Like even the Fantastic Four, I feel like is a gamble still. That's still to me as much of a gamble as something like Captain Marvel. But if X-Men comes out and doesn't make any money, I'd be really, really surprised. Like, shocked almost who's if the, that d- can't make any money who's the team though yeah i don't know and that's my yeah, point you're right x-men first yeah. class did not do that good you're right if it's not wolverine and friends <laughs> if it's not yeah if it's X-Men not wolverine first and class friends, is hands down the best x-men movie out there i agree yeah yeah it is now, not at the franchise. I know I have my gripes with it, but it'd probably actually be Logan. But you know what I mean. But like X Men movie, oh, yeah, Logan, it's, it's first class. Yeah, but X Men movies, yes, I I totally agree. And I totally no one agree. fucking saw that movie. No one. And it's not even close. That movie is utterly fantastic. X Men First Class is the only X Men movie I go back and will watch. I don't even watch any of the other ones. And there are six other ones. And I will watch one of them because it's good. You know, I mean, it's so I, 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 I might disagree with you, Justin. I don't know. Hmm. I think it's got to have Wolverine in it, though. I mean, if he's not there, but where you run the risk of Wolverine is it's not Hugh Jackman. Yeah, if it's not him, which I mean, he is going to be in the Deadpool. So, yeah, and I think that's a last hurrah, dude. I think that's a. You think so? You think that might be like it? It? Yeah. So I've got a working theory, and it's not based on just me like sussing stuff out. Some people have talked about it. I've looked into it. I, I agree with these people. You know how they like they have that comic, that, that graphic novel, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe? Yeah. The Deadpool 3 is going to be essentially Deadpool Kills the Fox Universe. Hmm. Like, it's the erasure. He's going through and killing the Fox Marvel Cinematic Universe type of thing. Hmm. 
That would make sense. That's why you put it, bring a Wolverine into it. That's why, you know, you bring these some of these characters back. It's just so he can go kill him in the end. Hmm. But does I what I hope, what I think would be the best cameo if they did that would be a Ben Affleck Daredevil and an Eric Bana Hulk. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be though, pretty cool, that. yeah. 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 Like like have the Hulk like just start beating the up Deadpool and he's like, Why are you so emotional? And then the Hulk starts to cry and unhulks, and that's when Deadpool kills him. Anything else? I, I we're rambling at this point. We got a whole movie <laughs> yeah, to talk much. about. Oh yeah, I'm that's good. Right. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we're going to talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the new holiday movie, Thanksgiving. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around if you so require. In both audio and video formats. And with all that, Heather, what are your spoiler-free thoughts about Eli Roth's Thanksgiving while I run upstairs real quick and let my cat downstairs so she'll quit yelling at me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I... Honestly, I kind of liked this movie. <laughs> like it it wasn't bad. I, I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, it's a great film or anything like that. But I do. I, I, I didn't have a bad time watching this movie, especially with knowing what the premise of the movie was. There were some things in it that I wasn't expecting to be a part of, like the plot of the movie. But as a as a general rule like you you see what the premise of this movie is and you're just like it feels like it's going to be a very low budget like type of you know just horror-ish movie and I also every time I like I almost want to say thanks killing every time we talk about this because that's just the nature of the movie but um, god I wish this was thanks killing for <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um but yeah, like I, I did, I think it did some elements really well. I think the part that what it felt like overall to me was that it felt more like a, like a low budget horror film that had good acting in it, if that makes sense. I mean, or at least decent enough acting, solid enough acting to be able to carry this movie for what it needed to be. So, I mean, and that's, that's probably the, 
the best thing that I could say about this movie, right? Like they, you just, with the plot of this movie and what this movie is, you don't necessarily expect it to, you feel like it's going to be silly, right? But like it, it takes its, I don't, I don't know. It it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it also like in the context of what they're doing in this movie, the characters feel like they're taking it seriously, if that makes sense. So it's just very, it just works. Somehow it just works how they do the, the characters and what they, what they do in this film. Um, I think it had some interesting kills that it does. Um, I will give it that much for it, which were sometimes funny and sometimes, you know, gross. And yeah, but I mean, it just had, it had interesting ideas for their kills. So, I mean, and I feel like, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think that at points it was a little bit predictable. Yes. But you kind of, at least for me, I went into this movie sort of expecting that it was going to be a little bit predictable. I mean, it's a, it's a slasher film just set around a holiday, you know? So it's not, it's not like it's overly complicated or it's not trying to be like this psychological thriller or anything like that. Really. It's just a slasher film and it it just kind of, it worked for what it was, you know, like I, I, I was like, when I heard people saying that this is actually pretty decent, I went into it like, okay, I'm kind of excited to see it now. And then I saw it and I was like, I get it. Like I get why people do like it. I still have issues with it and I'm not going to say it's a great film, but it was, it was fun. It was, it was a good enough film, um, for what you would expect something like this to be about. So yeah, it was it was all right. It was not a bad time at the movie. Justin, go. Yeah, as far as my overall thoughts on it, I in I enjoyed the film. I thought that as far as slashers go, I'm trying to remember the last slasher I saw that I thought was this good. I mean, and I'm trying to, and I, and I'm, I mean, and I'm like, I I don't know, 2018 Halloween. Like I'm trying to think of what else, or maybe that Christmas. I'd say totally uh, killer. Yeah, that counts. That, that counts. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not wholly a slasher, but the horror elements are slasher based, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's in there. Yeah, I guess because I'm thinking about the sci-fi stuff too with yeah. the time travel and it stuff. Makes so it, it didn't immediately. Yeah, it didn't immediately come to mind. But I would say for this one, but this is definitely more of a traditional slasher. Yes, you know, you're in one place. There is one. You know, there's a killer. He's doing stuff. He or she is doing stuff, and we're. Um, and we've got all these characters sort of centered around it. So this is definitely like traditional slash slasher. And I'm thinking if I'm looking at something specifically there, I would say maybe like 2018 Halloween. It, that that might be the last like traditional slasher like this that I thought was good. But well, I think that this is good. And I think that that's because you also maybe have not watched the last two Scream movies. That's true, too. I have not seen those. Uh, I have not seen those. So, yeah, I'm not saying all of them that exist. I'm just talking about. Yeah, no, no, I, I know. I'm just trying to, to I'm trying to think between that, like the, the, just the time frame in the time frame. I'm just trying to think of those. 
I got you. You know what I mean? I mean, technically... Uh, no, but like, so Violent Night doesn't count. Smile doesn't count. Megan doesn't count. Barbarian plays into some horror or some slasher elements, but it doesn't really count. Bodies, bodies, bodies plays on slasher tropes, but once again, not a slasher movie. Would you. Black Phone is one that might be kind of up in the air. It follows some the the slasher elements mm. with how the villain presents himself. Yeah, but also not really, not really a slasher movie. Fuck, Justin. You, what about? Okay, I've got one for you. What about X? Okay, that was okay. that was Fair definitely enough. traditional slasher. So okay, I would say that. No, no. Man. Okay, but just for context, I went back a year and a half to find one. Like okay, yeah, it's it, been that I, long since yes. that came out. Damn so it, I guess that it has. Dis, that doesn't disprove your point. I'm just now pointing out of, of what we've done, you know, and talked about and stuff like that. It's been about a year and a half since one's good, like you're saying, for you. Like, just for yeah. frame of reference. Yeah, and I never saw, um, not the sequel to it, but the one about, um, oh, what is Pearl. it, Gertrude or Pearl? I never saw Pearl, so... Who knows? Maybe I would like that too. But but yes, I would say since X, as far as traditional slashes, that might be the last one I enjoyed of what I've seen when I look at this. But but this, I like really enjoyed this, especially just like, and it's not because this reinvents the wheel in any kind of way. You know, we've gotten some horror movies that try to do these innovative things like when evil lurks or like um, talk to me and stuff like that. You know, those are not slashes, but they're horror movies where they kind of tried to reinvent some of what we know about some of those horror concepts. And I really enjoyed those. This one, I think I enjoyed it for kind of the opposite of that, where this is just taking it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's taking traditional things and it just does them right. You know, I think that that's what it does. That's what it is. It takes a lot of old tools, a lot of tricks that we've seen before, but to me, it does way more right than it does wrong. And so therefore I enjoyed this. Um, The origin or the, the way that the slasher is created in this I think is memorable. You know, I think that these, you know, when, when you're thinking about, uh, and I won't go into too much detail, but when you're thinking about black Friday and shopper crazes and stuff like that, you know, that's a very familiar thing at this time with the holidays and stuff like that. So there are a lot of memorable concepts in this, you know, that, that I think, People, I could see this being one that slasher people like revisit. You know, this could be one of those holiday movies I could see revisited by people because it just it has all the themes. But to me, it it, it takes a lot of things we're, we're familiar with, memorable concepts and just uses them to sort of 
you, you know, to, to, to further accentuate this slasher character. And I think it all goes together in that way. Um, so I liked all of that. I liked the, the, the slashers why in this, like, even though we don't know, even though you have to take the journey to find out who the slasher is, you already know why the slasher is doing what the slasher is doing. So I think that that helped the story a little bit too. You're not constantly like asking the movie, why is this happening? You, you know why it's happening, but you just want to kind of see, you know, get to the end to find out, you, you know, exactly who is doing it. And, um, and just answering just a few of those little questions that are out there. But you understood the killer's motivation. So I think that that was very well done here. And then on top of that, kind of like what Heather was saying, I don't think that the movie takes itself so seriously that it doesn't have any fun. I think that the movie has a lot of fun. I could just tell that Eli Roth was having a good time with this. Like from the jokes to some of the the the, the comedy of this and the comedic timing that some of the characters have and some of the situations that even though they're bloody, but they're also funny in a way. And I think what I loved most about this was, was the use of the gore and the kills because every kill is done in an interesting way. Every single one, there was no kill that was done the same as the one before it. And I think that that was, very cool. I, I like that about this film. Like there were just so many creative ways that that our uh, Thanksgiving killer, John or John Carver killer was killing people. So I think that that was cool, too. And when you look at the killing methods, they also serve as little tidbits and little clues of who it winds up being at the end. So even if you may have saw it coming or you may have predicted that this may be who it is, I think the movie purposely lays down some things so that by the end, you're not angry that you that, that you figured it out or you're not angry with who it is. It all kind of makes sense, you know, when you get to the end of it. And other than that, I think that the movie is just a lot of fun. I enjoyed the characters. I liked a lot of the acting. I'm, I mean, maybe you could say there were a few standout actors, but for the most part, everybody kind of fulfilled their roles in this. And as it's going along, I think it remains fun and intriguing throughout. I think that they did a good job of, um, there being sort of this mystery, but you know, people are being killed and everything. And, um, and you understand what the plan is and just seeing it unfold is, is kind of fun. So yeah, I really like this. I thought that it was, even though it's not the most innovative film in that way, because yes, it's a holiday themed slasher movie. You know, we've got a million of these, but it does enough things right. And it, and it has a certain style to itself. And it had a certain comedy to it and it had um, and it has a certain level of fun to it. So, yeah, overall, I, I was feeling it, man. I, I really enjoyed the ride that we took with this. 
Well, not only is it a slasher movie based on a holiday, it's a slasher movie based on a holiday based on a fake trailer for another movie. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention that. But, yeah, The Grindhouse, which is pretty cool that this came from that, you know. There's actually been a few. Hobo with a Shotgun, Machete. They've they've done a few, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, but I kind of see points of what both of you said. I mean... I, I think it does it does the slasher things right, but at the I expect more from Eli Roth, though. I expected a little bit more elaborateness to the killings, just based on what we've seen from that man before. I I ultimately came out of this thinking this should have been on streaming. Shouldn't have been a theatrical release. It should have been a streaming movie. I get what Heather's saying with the acting, though, because I think that this would have been just a whatever fucking, you know, straight to DVD slasher if it didn't have the actors it had. I think the actors really helped stabilize the movie. But just having a few people that are good actors, it just stabilizes what this movie is. And that's, that's that weird borderline thing that, that horror movies kind of fall prey to of just, if they had one or two, like just good actors that can save a movie with the way, the way horror presents itself, you know? And I think that this movie really shows that it shows that, you know, there's a lot of possibility with what they can do with it. And like I said, I agree with you, Justin. It does, it does the traditional slasher stuff. And it does it fairly well. It doesn't, you know, doesn't write any new rules. It doesn't, you know, break any ground with it. But it at least does stuff competently, which is a lot more than we could say for a lot of movies. But then also, to me, it's it's an Eli Roth movie, so yeah, it should be competent. I mean, the guys. This is what he does. I think in the end, though, I'm just, I'm still slightly just left uninspired by it. It, it, it. It's fine. I'm not mad I watched it. I'm also not excited about it. I'm not going to be like, man, you need to go watch that Thanksgiving. But also, I'd be like, yeah, you should watch Thanksgiving. So I'm in this weird conundrum with it. I don't like it. I don't love it. I just, like I said, I'm kind of like, that's, that's a streaming movie if I ever saw one. But, like, it, it's weird, though, like, because I don't necessarily disagree with what you said, Justin. Like, I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just... I'm personally, I'm uninspired by that, but I get what you're saying with it and why to you, it's not a negative thing. And then I get what Heather's saying with it. I'm like, I just, I feel very torn with this movie. And I think I think why I'm torn and why I maybe don't love this, I think 
is something I'm going to need to bring up with spoilers. If I really think about it, there's one particular aspect of this movie that is a slasher. I don't want to say trope, but like a, a you know, a, an element of slasher movies that I think that this movie did not succeed at. And I think actually did fairly poorly at, and I think maybe that's what takes it, takes me out of it with this. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to leave it there. Recommendations and scores. Yep. Yep. Recommendations and scores. Uh, Justin, go. Yeah, I'm going to recommend it. Um, I think that if, especially because um, with all of the like PG-13 um, horror movies that have a tendency to come out and stuff like that, you know, we've seen quite a few of those. You know, we've had um, a lot of those types of films come out. And I think if you're that person who's kind of, have that hunger you, you for some R-rated slasher stuff. You want you like your horror a little more gory. You kind of want it a little more bloody. You want the kills to be a little more like gruesome and like, damn, he did that. You know, I think that this definitely has some of those things. I think you know it. 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 I think um, if that's kind of what you want, is something more more adult, you know, a lot more swearing stuff. That's a lot more, you know, just a lot more volatile and violent kills and stuff like that. Then I think that this will satisfy those horror people that like that kind of stuff in their movie, because this has all of that, but it's just like you guys said, but on top of all of that, it's got some good acting. It's got a solid story that, you know, is good is is pretty solid from beginning to end, and uh, it's got some funny moments. So it's got that comedy stuff in there. It's it's got a little bit of cheese that you kind of like in your horror movies. There are some lines that are totally cheesy and meant to be kind of that uh, in in the spirit of what is a uh, corny in a traditional horror movie. It's even got those things in there. So, like I said, I think it's just it's just all of the basic rules and tenets that these movies tend to have, but it just does them right with a sense of style and energy and just fun. So I think, and I felt all of that watching the movie. So um, I would like for other people to feel that too. So if that's what you're looking for this holiday season, you know, you don't want to see something happy about Thanksgiving, you want to see some people get murked, you, you, this is definitely the one for you. So, um, and for this to have started as just something that was just a trailer on, in a, in a grindhouse movie and then to become like its own thing. And now we've got this character and everything. And I really like the John Carver killer character. I think he's a good character. You know, I think that when you, when you think about all these holiday horror characters and people and stuff like that, or, or even someone like the, someone like the creeper or something like that. I don't know. He probably could be right there with somebody like that. You know, he's, 
I, I think that this had enough style and enough memorable things happened to where I don't know. I think that this is a memorable character. I don't feel like it's just one of those where he'll just wind up in the bin with a bunch of, with a million other horror movies that we've already seen. I don't know. I think this movie deserves more credit than that. And I think the character um, is stronger than that. So, uh, so, so I appreciated the effort that was given here across the board, the acting, the directing, and then just what I got as a traditional slasher, I think is exactly what a slasher fan would want. Um, so with that being said, we'll go, we'll give it, we'll give it, um, we'll give it 82 crazed maniacs telling you that there aren't going to be any leftovers on Thanksgiving out of a hundred, which is really sad because. Sometimes Thanksgiving leftovers can be great. I will agree with you with, to that. Uh, when you're talking about maybe the potential of like having that character be like something in more movies, like a Thanksgiving too, just somebody taking that moniker and that stuff. You know what I mean? I do agree with that, you know, like more so than, I don't know, weird discount Johnny Bravo or whatever the fuck that was in totally, totally killer or, you know, old woman bitch in X. Like, you know what I mean? Like the John Carver character has the potential. Like, you know, like, like you said, like of being something kind of maybe like a ghost face. Yeah. Like, I think he, I think he earns a seat. He can earn a seat at the table. Like, you know, how sometimes people do those renditions of, like like the last supper picture and it's all the horror movie people and Freddie is the Jesus. And then you've got Jason and all of them or like, you know, how sometimes there'll be a Thanksgiving picture and you got all of them sitting at the table eating Thanksgiving and it's Jason and Freddie and all of them. I don't know, man. I think, I think uh, John Carver should be there, man. I think, I think he gets invited to the dinner. I think he gets invited to the dinner, man. I, that's how much, I liked this film and that character in particular. I mean, I don't completely agree with how you just phrased all that, that you're like, he could be at dinner with Jason and Freddie, but you know what? I respect the energy. I like it. Yeah. You know, he, he not going to get as big of a plate, you know, so wait, wait, he may not get the same much. At least right now he's at the kid table. <laughs> But he's he's at least invited to dinner. He's invited yeah, to Thanksgiving. He's a, yeah, he's invited to dinner. Somebody, people will some people will remember he's there, but he's not going to have a big moment yeah. at the dinner. He's not going to be the one that maybe they talk about. But he was there. You know like, what I mean? He you was know, there. he he's the guy that you you asked to bring the soda. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like we don't know if we can trust him enough. To bring something we're going to rely on for the meal. He can't carve the turkey, but he like, can bring the soda. You can, you can bring some sodas, yeah. but he's also like... The utensils. He's the second <laughs> guy that's also sodas. You know, he's he's just the guy just that's the case. backup to the other sodas, just yeah, in case he doesn't bring them. You're not like, well, I guess we have nothing to drink. No, you got drinks. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a great analogy. I can dig that. I can dig that. He uh, got a store-bought pie. You know what I mean? He didn't make it himself. He probably brings a store-bought It's not even a store-bought pie. pie. He's just buying, like, a bag of great value Walmart cookies. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be more akin, if you were from Midland, Texas, it it's the person that brings the bag of Albertson's cookies. Oh, gosh. There's always one. Yeah, or those moist one. muffins, right? Is that what they were? Moist muffins? Chewy muffins. Chewy no, muffins. No, you're oh, I hope moist I get some of those. <laughs> Whatever kind of fucking muffins Jaster brings, don't eat them. <laughs> <laughs> moist, chewy. I don't remember what it was, but it was something like that, and they both sound gross. Is that why is that why your family always travels on Thanksgiving? They're like, we don't want him making food. Just let's get him somewhere else. They won't let him food. on a plane with no damn chewy muffins. Let's yeah, get right. the fuck out of here. Oh, they don't want me making anything. I, I just think that'd be kind of funny if they're like, Jasta, bring a dessert. And you bring, you're like, all right, I brought my world famous chewy muffs. Okay, I can't say chewy muffs. That's a bad one. But chewy muffins, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, you can't no. say chewy muffs. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to avoid that. Oh god! But yeah, that's oh, what man. that's what Justin brought one year, and then they're like, or never again. So they're like, well, what else could Justin bring? And you're like, I could bring some salmon. And then they're like, <laughs> yep. all right, I guess we're going to Houston for Thanksgiving from now on. So we don't have to rely on Justin to bring anything. That, you know what? I I, I accept that. I accept that. No, nah, you wouldn't want me cooking anything. And then you'd have to wait till late in the day to eat it because you would have to fast with me too. So see, you, I think I, people would just be mad at me. I wouldn't be the <laughs> You sound like a good time at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Don't I sound like the best? I'm sure you probably eat your eat your fill of Thanksgiving food though on on a holiday. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, but but normally it's like the 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 big portion of it is healthier. I'll try to do the meats and the vegetables, but I'm not gonna lie. When it comes to the pie, when it comes to the you know, I, I, the I'm gonna get the my pie. yeah. I'm I'm gonna get my sweet potato pie. I'm going to get a little bit of pecan pie. I'm going to get some of that stuff. You know what I mean? You got to. And, and some got rolls. My, I, and, and rolls are the, are the devil for me. I just. I hope one you get I will, a stale I will one. eat them and eat them. I was going to say that to you. I, like, I hope eat. you get a stale one. <laughs> no, they're always fresh or fresh, like my grandmother used to say. They're always fresh. I don't know what y'all are talking about. You know what? Stale roll. You know what? what is that? You know which one I hope is stale too? I hope it's your third one. No. <laughs> I want you to get lulled into that false sense of security of fresh rolls. And like, I'm talking about this is the roll that you're using to like clean your plate to get the, the everything roll. <laughs> you know exactly what roll I'm talking about too. That, yep, that clean I your know. plate Everyone roll. Everyone has that roll. That, that, yeah. that roll to just absorb the, all of your dinner to be like, ah, the ultimate roll. <laughs> and it's just going to be stale. No, don't put. And that it's gonna hurt. Me. It's gonna hurt a little bit more, just because it will have gravy on it. It will soak up some of the gravy, and yet somehow 
be stale. That's I'm calling you. I'm going to interrupt you. If that happens to me, I will be calling you and interrupting your Thanksgiving, and I will cuss you out on Thanksgiving, and you will care exactly none. And I'll tell you, thank you for giving me something to be thankful for <laughs> on this day of things. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I've got a lot of pressure on Thanksgiving this year. I'm actually one of the people making one of the mains. Uh oh. You got one of the big okay. meats. Oh, you on that main status. I see you. I'm on the I main status. You. I'm doing a main. Work your way up, Man, huh? I've got to do a main, a side, and a dessert. I've got Damn. to hit all three. Trifecta. Oh, well, and I'm bringing one of the apps. So, like, one of the things my family does. I mean, this isn't anything. It's just like a bowl of cashews and like some shrimp cocktail, you know, sitting out. That's just something they always do. Like, but I also had to pick up the cashews because, so, you know, it's one of those means. So I'm actually still bringing the app too. I'm bringing an app, a side, a dessert, and a main. A lot of pressure on this Thanksgiving. Man. Well, you better be game, man. You better. Put your game face on. All I know started on any is I'm of that? bringing. I mean, I've got the shit. I'm oh, not okay. starting. I'm not making any of it till tomorrow night. But, you know, all I know is my family needs to get their heads out their asses and eat some fucking sweet potatoes this year. They all fucking missed out. I made the greatest sweet potatoes they could have ever fucking asked for last year. And they all fucking slept on them. Except for like one or two people. They were like. They're like, well, that looks good, but I don't even like sweet potatoes. I guess I'll try it. And then they're like, oh, I love this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. They're the <laughs> fucking best sweet potatoes you could ever ask for. But too many people were just like, nope, not going to do it. I'm like, all you're doing is hurting yourself. I ain't worried about if I bring too much. My ass will eat every bite of leftover fucking sweet potato. I ain't worried about that. I'm just trying to spread joy on this, you know, this holiday of thanks. And also, yes, Heather, what's your recommendation and score for this movie? Cause we're actually doing something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I do recommend it. Why not? Like it, like I said, it was it was not a bad time at at the movies. So yeah, it, it's it, it's definitely worth at least one watch. And I mean, I'm not quite as high on this movie as Justin is, but I again kind of like Sterling. I respect the energy of it. You know, I'm not mad at it. It's just a preference thing, I guess. But um, but yeah, I think. I mean, and there definitely were elements in this movie where you could tell they sort of took from you know, other classics. Like there was very like Halloween feel to some scenes of this. Um, I even recognize a little bit of like an, I know what you did last summer vibe to some of it, you know, like there's just a little bit of that in there that for me, I was like, it, it just really reminded me of some of those moments. But, um, but again, those are movies that, you know, they, I, I got what I needed out of those movies. So yeah, um, it was, it, it, I think the, yeah, the thing about this movie is 
it's like one of those where you you just it's going to be a background movie for sure it's not going to be like a this is good i don't think it's necessarily going to be anybody's like favorite you know horror movie you know what i mean and kind of like why you say you know it's at the kids table it's there but it's never going to be like the first i don't think movie that people are like this is the new best thing but i do agree also that in a while aside from totally killer because i did really like that movie this is probably one of the better slasher movies we've seen in a while. So um, I, I can definitely agree with that. I imagine we're not really counting Saw as like the same type of thing, right? Because it's not really slasher, but it has like some of the the tropes or the elements of like, oh, who did it and what's the motive? But yeah, you know what I mean? Saw runs the gambit of slasher elements mixed with torture porn mixed with so many things i mean yeah it's got the i that's where it gets tricky because who are horror villain icons for the most part the slashers yeah you know what i mean yeah Yeah. those are your your icons and jigsaw's iconic in that regard so it gets weird yeah it is weird but it's and, and and specifically that movie because that movie very much played out like a revenge tale movie. It was John Wick, but Jigsaw was Wick. You know what I mean? It was it was so different from Jig-wick? some of the other Saw movies. <laughs> <laughs> Jig Wick. <laughs> but like so it but some of the other Saw movies are more line up be- better with the traditional slasher. But not that one in particular. I don't know. I hope that makes sense. But that's how I feel about it. Like that that last one we saw went and I liked it a lot, but it kind of went a completely different direction from what we're used to with those. But anyway, I agree. Yeah, yeah. It, but I, it, I was just thinking because I guess maybe in general, if we're talking like horror films, X, X, not, not X, Saw X, Saw 10 was up there, but it's yeah. not technically slasher. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was, this movie was, I, I appreciated the different, like, creative choices for the killings in this one. Uh, it was, it was a little strange because I feel like the kills happen a lot quicker than you expect them to versus sometimes like how long it would take to get to certain moments for the kills. <laughs> but when you get there, you know, they, they were good. They were creative and you're just like invested in what's about to happen. So yeah, I, I think it, and, and you know, the motive for the person who it is, like you kind of understand that. And also it's not, you know, it, it's a little bit predictable and all of that, but, um, but overall it really was just like, I don't know. And it kind of did. I kind of get what you mean, Sterling, about it's basically like a this is a streaming movie if you ever saw one. Right. Like for me, it has that feel of also kind of like more 2000s ish slasher films. And maybe that's what it was supposed to do, you know, but it just kind of had that vibe for me. Like, I think maybe because I saw those elements of, you know, like a I know what you did last summer and like, a, you know, I mean, maybe that was the 90s, but. Either way, it just kind of had that feel for me. And I kind of liked that era of slasher films and stuff. So for that reason, you know, I was I was cool with it. So 
yeah, I think it um, it did its job effectively for the most part. But of course, it's not without its flaws. But yeah, um, I do recommend it. I, I think it, I think it is worth a watch. I think that you can have fun with this movie. So I'm going to give it um, I'll give it 71 mass crowds for Black Friday out of 100. I did not like the Black Friday part. I did not. Um, Outside of that, I mean, I do recommend it. I give it the caveat of wait till it's on whatever streaming service it gets to. I, I, I just don't see the need of rushing to the theater or casually walking to the theater or any of that stuff to watch this movie. It just, it felt like a, this felt like a movie where you, you watch it with friends at home. Like it felt like that's what you do with this movie is, you know, you have friends come over, you order a pizza and you watch this movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't feel like a theater movie. It's a background movie kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I still think like if you had friends, you you'd like, you know, like a group of you, like, you know, watching this movie, I, I think it, there's some enjoyable stuff you would get with this and stuff. I just don't know if like, I guess this is the way I'm going to phrase it. I did not feel like I needed to eat popcorn while watching it. And that's what makes me feel like I need to go to the theater if I'm watching this going, man, this would have been great with some popcorn. Or I needed that's the some determining popcorn. factor. tough i'm torn between two grades torn between a 65 or a 70 i'll give it a 68 uh 68 you didn't really need to feed the cat you could have just left it alone and it could have ate its owner and been fine out of a hundred. Uh, Cinescore for this is 74. So it literally hit the exact same Cinescore as Totally Killer. Nice. Spoilers? Yeah. Yep. Spoilers! My big thing with this movie is all the red herring aspects of this movie of like, maybe this guy's the killer. Maybe this guy's the killer. Even though like, there's really only one person that could have been the killer. Like all the red herrings were bad for like very specific reasons. Most of the red herrings they tried to throw out there had drastically, drastically different body types. Than the killer did. Because the killer's wearing like fairly like tight black spandex, like that type of thing for most of the movie. And they're like, oh man, what if it's this storm, like ex storm manager? Or what if him? He's a bigger guy. Obviously wasn't him. And they're like, well, what if it's the pitcher guy, like the ex boyfriend? What if it's him? Oh, the guy that's an easy eight inches shorter than the killer? And they're like, oh, well, what if it's the other boyfriend? I'm like, oh, the other boyfriend that's a good 25 pounds smaller than the killer? Like, none of the red herrings physically fit the build of the killer. 
in That's this movie. Like, so there was none of that. That's one of the fun things sometimes in a horror movie. And like, you know, it was fairly straightforward. It was kind of fairly obvious who it was and not necessarily in a negative way. This movie wasn't necessarily built on mystery as much as it was built on kind of motivation type of thing. And like the actions of the people being targeted, that was more of the motivation of this movie than necessarily just the mystery of who done it. Cause you knew you were going to get it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and it was kind of just like the unraveling of the secrets in the past and the, the darkness of the quote unquote heroes, if you will. It's like, you know, it's that type of movie. Uh, I guess that that puts it akin to, I know you just, uh, I know what you did last summer, that type of thing. Like you were saying, Heather, it, it follows that line with it. You know, this isn't scream. It's more, yeah, that's the thing. This isn't a scream movie. This is an, I know what you did last summer movie. Just different motivations, still the same type of movie. Uh, but yeah, I, th- that's what was kind of dumb with all the red herrings. Cause it felt like, I felt like the movie was wasting my time with doing that shit. You know, when the manager guy puts on the mask and he's walking through the crowd at the parade and they're like, Oh, you, what if it's him? What if he's going to be a killer? And you're like, it's just obviously not him. He's like a good three inches bigger than the killer. Got va- vastly broader shoulders and a good like 15, 20 pounds heavier. You know what I mean? Like it's just at never, no point did it ever line up. And it was just like such a waste that they were constantly doing that. Cause I never felt like they were trying to do that for the audience or I mean, I'm sorry for the characters in the movie. I felt like they were trying to do that for the audience. And yeah. I, Cause I, if you're going to do it, you need to have like, yeah, kind of like what you said, like a more like obscure costume where you can, it could be anybody kind of thing, you know? Yeah, you need to have some drapery. You need to have something like a little bit more loose fitting. You can't have it be skin tight black spandex. On and then have your cast so widely varied that it can be only one person that fits that that mold. You know, like I said, like it just I that that just seemed like a wasted opportunity and also a waste of my time watching it. And then I'll like to the Black Friday thing. I think the Black Friday scene to me, why it felt wrong to me was it was a little bit dated. Like this movie is kind of a new, like while the time frame of when the movie is supposed to take place is a little vague. It's still like that scene felt more relevant, like five years ago. It just doesn't feel as relevant anymore. I don't think, I just don't feel like Black Friday is a fucking thing that a majority of people fucking care about anymore. I know older people do. They're like, oh, but the sales. I think just the the sheer encroachment upon Thanksgiving and COVID and all this other stuff. And like, I just, I don't know anybody that gives a fuck about Black Friday like this. Especially for no fucking waffle maker. Like, I don't know. Like, it just felt like that was a satirical bit of movie that was just timeline wise, as far as what we're like us as the audience watching felt out of date, out of touch and just too late. 
Outside of that, though, I mean, I really liked the way he killed the diner lady. That was probably, to me, the funnest killing in this movie. Just the whole getting her face face wet, freezing it a little bit to the freezer door, you know, chase her around, stab her a little bit, and then ultimately cut her body in half with a Buick. Like, uh, like that would that like that's the type of shit I thought I was going to be getting from Eli Roth in this movie, and then like the next one's like, oh, somebody gets a, you know, electric turkey carver to the stomach. It, that you know, and like, and that was it. And then he like cuts off his head, but I was like, that's not really, and you know what I mean? Like that didn't really feel that inspiring. That didn't feel very Eli Rothy. Like. I don't know. It was just kind of all over the place with that too. So like I said, good elements, especially for a slasher film. I mean, solid, solid fucking bones. Like, I mean, that's, I think, I guess the, the best thing about this movie is the foundation of this movie is fairly rock solid though. You know, just Eli Roth making a slasher movie and just the bare, the bones of the movies just solid as fuck. You know, I've got issues with the other aspects of it, but yeah, rock solid. Uh, Justin, what about you? Cool, cool. So I liked, um, interesting what you said about the Black Friday scene. Um, I don't know, as much as I see it on TV and people talking about Black Friday sales and stuff like that, it seems like somebody still cares about it because these advertisers are spending a lot of money to tell you about it. But I mean, it, Maybe I you're right. Maybe it's just advent. in my life that I'm just like, uh, you know what I mean? Like maybe that is a me thing. Maybe just like in my life, I'm like, I don't fucking know anybody that does Black Friday. You know, but I'd, I'm also not, you know, a man of the people. <laughs> but um but also um with the advent of online shopping and things like that you know you hear a lot more people say oh yeah i'm doing all my black friday shopping online because they don't want to be at a store and <laughs> go through the craze like this you know a lot of people are talking about doing black friday online shopping to avoid kind of the situation like this. Now, of course, this was over the top and they were having a little fun with it, with the waffle maker and stuff like that. I mean, there's, I don't know if there's ever been a craze ever for a waffle maker. I just think that that was them sort of having fun with the concept and basically saying it doesn't matter what the item is. It's never worth what we, what people will often do to each other at that time and this craze and how people just go crazy over these products. I don't think it was about the product. It's about how people act. It's about what humans do over sometimes things that really just aren't that important. You know, I think it was very much a satire on that and a message about that and a message about like greed, you know, that that's what this was about. That's, that was the killer's motivation for revenge. And that's what we were trying to do here. So I liked the black Friday scene because of all those things, you know, I liked the craze. 
I like the people getting trampled. I like that somebody got trampled with a shopping cart and then hair got stuck to the wheel and a piece of, you know, and we got to expose the person's head. And I mean, it was just absolutely crazy, but I like that that was where the villain was born because even without knowing the villain, you knew that this was the origin story of it. And I think that that was cool too. Rather than like it starting with us seeing a kill or us seeing like somebody be Thanksgiving, for lack of a better term, John Carver, you know, I like how this started with an origin story. I like how it started with the story of this is this is when the monster was born. So that was cool, too, in that way. That 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 was a, that that was kind of a fair assessment though, Justin, of the 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 waffle iron thing. Maybe I was looking at it too much, just face value. Of it's a waffle iron, and if you do go satirical with it, that makes some sense. You know that that tracks that like it like you said, it's the greed, it's the fact that it's free. Well, the first hundred yeah. free, it doesn't matter. Like. You know, it could be a free kick in the dick and people would line up for it just because exactly, they could also get right. sales. But yeah, it's just, it's just that whole thing about the consumer, man, the crazed consumer that we sometimes could be. I mean, maybe, maybe at the heart of it, though, maybe my issue with the Black Friday scene is that's when that's when they kill. What's her name? Um, and I knew it right before I got to this point. What the fuck is that actress's name? Gina Gershon. Yes. Thank you. Dear God. I'm like thinking like yeah. Brooklyn nine, nine. Like I've just, I've like got so much <laughs> in my head. Like I'm like, I know exactly who the fuck this is. And like two seconds ago, I knew it, but yeah, they killed Gina Gershon in the, in the, that scene. You fucking wasted her. You don't kill that woman in the first fucking five minutes of your movie. <laughs> <laughs> She's there till the end. I'm not saying she has to live, but she dies at the end at least. How dare you? Respect her, please. But, hey, at least her death, really you could argue, is the most significant death because when we get to the end of it, we find out that was the motivation for who our killer is and everything like that. So I will at least give her that. You know what I mean? At least, yes, it sucks that she died early, but that was a meaningful death in this film. It, it was very meaningful, especially when you get to the end. So I, I'll at least give the movie that. I don't give a fuck about this movie's plot. I just wanted to look at her. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. Um, but, but you're but right. Yeah, I mean, so, no, you you are right though. That 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 death is the catalyst. Like you are 100 percent right with that. I might have just looked at it a little face value. You know what I mean? Like because, like I said, I felt like it was out of place. So it being out of place, I'm not really looking for it because I'm feeling like it's weirdly there. So anyway, continue. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, just to say that about the beginning. So, so though, so there were like a lot of things that I liked about that. I liked how, um, this went down. 
So that's the cool thing about it is that even though I didn't know who the killer was or or killers, because, you know, you didn't know if it was going to be one person, two people. And there were so many suspects that you didn't know what you were going to get to the end. So it was kind of like, okay, is it going to wind up being two people on a team? You know, we've seen so many of these sort of slasher mystery movies that I wasn't a hundred percent convinced that it was one person. You know, I wasn't sure, you know, I, I didn't know exactly if the movie was like all of these people are suspects or could a pair of these people be suspects or could it be somebody helping somebody else? You know, I don't, I, I wasn't a hundred percent sure with what the movie was doing. So as it's going along um, and, and, and you're like, and this person is killing all of these people. But what I liked about it is that it, it, it didn't feel random in any way. It didn't feel like the, there was clearly a plan, you know, a table. Uh, he sent a photo to all of these people with a picture of a tape with, with, of a Thanksgiving kind of made table with all their names on it. So everybody was a target. You know, it felt like the the people that were being killed were specific. There was a target. And I like that. I just knew, even though I didn't know the killer, I knew exactly what the killer was doing. I knew why he was targeting certain people. And so for the characters, you know, even though they're trying to figure it out themselves, um, I like the fact that the investigating that they were doing was just sort of tying up some loose end things that maybe you didn't know, like, oh, these people were there or, 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 you know, the, the Ryan character looks like he knew somebody else who was associated with it, or, you know, they were caught on camera doing, you know, as they're going through kind of trying to figure this thing out too. I like how they were sort of revealing some different things about who it might've been, but um, but not, but it all just felt like it was working for me because I, I knew why these people were being targeted. And I think that that was just so, um, Im- important to me. So like whenever they're talking about what should we do and they're having these arguments back and forth of, well, we need to try to stay together or, you know, you, you had characters do different things. You had one say, well, we just need to you know, characters trying to depend on the police and just let the investigation play out. Other characters wanting to take action. Other characters saying, let's stick together. Another character like, I need to I need to strap myself with a weapon or something. You know, I like how you kind of saw a bunch of different things that I think people would do, like in this case, like, like for the most part. Like, you know, you saw different viewpoints in the different characters of what a person might do or might say another, you know, another that, that, um, that, that Russian girl and her father, her father was like, we're leaving, we're going to Florida. You know, we, we got to get out of here. You know, there were characters trying to leave, you know what I mean? Trying to leave the situation, but unfortunately, uh, you know, they, they, they still got carved anyway. But I just like how you saw all those different elements, all those different angles. It didn't feel like, did some characters make some questionable, questionable decisions? Probably. But there was nothing, but there was no questionable decision made that just sort of took me completely 
out of the movie. You know, there are some where I was like, well, I don't know if she should have just stayed in this hallway alone while her friends walk off. You know, there were a couple of times where something like that happened, but nothing, I think, so crazy where I was like, well, that's dumb. And it just sort of like took me out of the movie, which sometimes these movies have a tendency to do, you know, because it's kind of hard to believe by the time the umpteenth person has been killed that (laughs) why are we, why are these characters all trying to still do the same thing? You know, sometimes movies, it's a glaring thing that kind of sticks out to you. Um, But, but, but nothing glaring with this. And like I said, I just found it to be a lot of fun. Like I liked all the killings, like what you talked about um, with with the um, cafeteria, the cafe girl at the beginning. That was a great kill, man. That was a great kill. And, and, you know, it used a, a lot of different things like the, is he around the corner or hearing a noise and the person not being there? And it kind of, you know, is building. And then when the killing came, it wasn't like this quick thing. You know, there was a development to all of that, you know, the, 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 the face getting wet and then the freezing on the door and then the chase. And I like how, um, there were like parts and pieces to all of this stuff that was happening. Um, and, and I just like how he just, never killed anybody just the same way. It was never just a stabbing or it was never just um, this one thing that killed you. You know, it, it, it may start as him trying to stab you, but normally it led into something else that was kind of uh, creative or fun. And I guess I just appreciated that. And a lot of times with these movies too, like the 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 horror villain will, you know, sometimes you question when a movie villain keeps certain people alive and kills other people. And you're like, well, why didn't he just kill them, too? Yeah. But when, but but when we got to the end of this, there was a reason for that. You know, he wanted certain people all in there together because he felt like what they did on that day was more egregious than the people that he killed. Like, you know, they were greedy, but you were the ones, you know, you were the ones that really um, caused this. So it's going to be worse for you. He even kind of had that thing uh, going for him. So I thought that that was cool. Um, so, so yeah, all of that worked for me. Um, and, and then uh, just whenever we get to the end, and you found out that it's the Patrick Dempsey uh, police officer or whatever. Some of that made sense and some of that you could see coming because whenever the um, the killer started using like weapons and, you know, tranquilizer, this person is obviously good with guns, using tranquilizer weapons and you know, smoke bombs and stuff like that. And even one of the police investigators said he's got to have some sort of military training or something. So I like how those little tidbits were in there too. Like, obviously this was somebody with some experience with weaponry. So I thought that that was cool too. Um, I also like how at the parade, he dressed differently. Like, when it came to that, I, I like how 
he wasn't in just the John Carver suit the whole time. I like how at that um, at, at that parade and everything, he was actually in the clown costume and attacked them and did some stuff. It it wasn't like so stupid where it's like we gotta have the killer in this costume in this mask the whole time. I like how there he was in a completely different costume and did his stuff. Cause it would make sense to have to do that with everybody watching you with people, with the police trying to set a trap and everything like that. And so when it got to the end and, and you do find out that, that it's this cop, even though, yes, is that the most spellbounding shock surprise ending? Uh, no, um, I, I wasn't happy on the level of, Oh, it shocked me. And this movie is so smart. And I loved it like that. But I liked that it was the cop because it made so much sense for everything that was happening. Not just the motivations, but it made sense that he could take the police off the trail because he was the police. It made sense that he could use these weapons and things like that because he's a trained (laughs) officer. You know what I mean? So all of that kind of checks out. Um, it, it makes sense why he was one step ahead. It made sense how he knew how to post these things and nobody be able to trace it back to him. It, it just made sense that like all of those little things made sense. So it made sense that this character was somebody in a position of power to do these things, to carry this out. Sometimes when you get to the end of the movie and the killer is a teenager or an angry, you know, you kind of wonder, well, how the hell is he doing all of this? You know what I mean? It's just a teenager. How is he doing all this? I like at the end of this, you know, it was a cop capable of doing all this. You know what I mean? It was pretty yeah, co- you know, I think that that's a good thing. It, it may not have been the most shocking thing, but Sometimes I think it's good to praise a movie that just makes sense, that doesn't try to surprise you so much that it's just illogical for the sake of surprise. So you're, I thought it was tight. You're for not that an reason. accurate on that. Yeah, because, you know, we talk about movies that do that, commit that sin all the time. So I think in that way it was tight. And then, you know, there was some cheesy stuff going on whenever you find out it was him and him going, there are no, there are not going to be any leftovers, Jessica, or whatever. You know, is that a great line? No, but it got a chuckle out of me because that's kind of like some cheesy to me. If I don't think that that was written to be a great line, I think that was written to be a cheesy line. That's like one of those things like, you know, there's no leftovers when it comes to John Carver. You know, that's just some Thanksgiving stuff that's corny, but I felt like it was them kind of having fun with it, you know? And then whenever she killed him, which almost was like a Jaws killing with the, you know, the, the, with the causing, with the shooting, the explosion and killing the, you know, there were a lot of, I think, callbacks and things that this movie was trying to do but even her kind of saying that one-liner was kind of in the spirit of stuff from the 80s and 90s you know you're right you're right cop cop man there are no leftovers and then you know 
shooting the big, the, 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 the gas balloon or whatever and blowing him away or whatever. Like, I feel like all of that was just them having fun with it. And that was kind of in the corny spirit of, of that. Some of these slasher movies always tend to have. And then at the end, um, when they said they found no body, I liked how they did the ending too. Um, not so much the end in where it was a dream and she wakes up and it's like, oh damn, it was a dream. Not so much that part, but I did like the part before that where it, it you know, they're like, oh, it, everything blew up. There's nothing but ash. I don't see how anybody could survive this blah, blah, blah. And then you just kind of see this fireman, this person in the fireman gear walking out. And and they just kind of like mysteriously walk out, walk by yeah. everybody, the victims, everything mm-hmm. like that. And you just kind of see this person walk out. And it's like, you know, it's him. They didn't have to tell you it was him. They didn't have to. But, but you just know, you know, you know, it's him and it's still out there. So even though she woke up and it was, you know, what she's seeing, which is a fiery a burned officer grabbing her out of a closet. Yeah, that didn't happen, but we know that, you know, the John Carver killer um, is still alive. So I even like that. I like how they did the, oh, but could he still be alive type of thing in this movie? I thought it was a little bit different from what I normally see with this, where we're just somewhere, later and it's supposed to be an ending but oh he's back and he's gonna kill you again i like how they did this i like how they told you he was still alive but i thought that they did that in a pretty cool way so yeah i think that's all i got for it she said she should have said are you ready for seconds and then shot it nice yep that would have been cool that would have been tight (laughs) All right, Heather, what about you? Yeah, my thing with the Black Friday scene is, for one, that was the part, like, at the beginning when I said there were some things in the movie I didn't expect. I didn't expect a Black Friday scene. Like, I didn't know that was going to be any part of this movie. But, and it was kind of, it was a little bit amusing because just the buildup and, like, the dramatic, like, you know, creepy music that they started playing when people were lining up and getting in the store was just kind of funny because you're just like, they're being super dramatic about this Black Friday sale. <laughs> but then you realize why. And then it made more sense. But like, yeah, it was just a matter too of like, for one, these the kids, the main group of kids, I, I will say I do think that their their dynamic as friends and the relationships that they had with each other, they didn't feel genuine. They felt like real friends, real people hanging out and what they would say to each other, stuff like that. I did appreciate that. Um, But like, it was weird too with the kid that was like, Oh, before we head to this movie, let's go into a crazy black Friday sale and try to get in to get a new phone. Like right then I thought that was an odd choice (laughs) because it's like, do you really think that you're going to be able to get in right now? I mean, and they did somehow, but like, you know, it was just kind of like, that was a weird choice to be like, oh, I know we're headed to a movie, but let's hit up this Black Friday sale where everybody's lined up and crowded outside for a a new phone, like right then and there. So I thought that was odd, but 
you know, you had to send well, it Also, up just to quickly add to that, though, the father, the daughter was the, um, the, the father owned the store. Um, re- remember, he was the, um, the, the, the daughter. So they got in, you yeah. know, the, that, remember, they got to bypass all of that and get in without waiting. And then we're gloating about it, which was part of the plot, too. So just to throw that in there, they... They 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 were not they they were not planning on waiting in line. Well, and I get that, but at the same time, like I just don't like the whole thing of the friend being like, "All right, fine, I guess we're gonna go in, and they're gonna have cash registers just ready to go right now for us, and everyone in the store is just going to accept us doing it because the owner's daughter's here." Like, you know what I mean? Like. I guarantee you there's someone in that store that's going to be like, man, fuck you. You're not getting shit till we open. Like, you know, I, and I think that would have been funny yeah. if that scene had happened too. Uh, my issue <laughs> right. with that part of it though, is that he gets that phone and within mere minutes of getting that phone, he's streaming a, a video of everything breaking down. He just got it. How is yeah, he already downloaded fucking Facebook and logged into it and streaming? let alone get it activated on his cellular account. Yep, that's Sorry, fair. I just thought of that too. Didn't well, yeah. he take just that girl's phone? Oh, you might be right. He might have taken his girlfriend's uh, phone. Because remember, he okay. was like, give me the, you, I, I could have swore I remember him going, give me that fucking phone, give me that phone, give me that phone. You, like, didn't he grab her phone and start You may recording? be right on that. You may be right on I that. I think he did. Okay. I'm pretty sure he did, but. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and you're right too about like, yeah, they probably weren't necessarily expecting they'd have to wait in line, but it was just like, I mean, and, the, and the, of course they had to set up the movie and what it was and everything like that, but it was just funny because I was like, you're going to like, like you're supposed to be taking your friends to a movie. And then like, why is this your choice? Like, I don't know. You know, we could have done this a different time, but he, I know he was just like, no, but I need it now. It's broken or whatever. It was just, I don't know. It was just kind of like, dude, you're on your way to a movie. What is this? But also probably a thing that, you know, younger kids might do. Who knows? But, um, but yeah. And also like my, my thing with the, so the security guard guy who just kind of ran away, like my thing with that too, is like how I, how justified were really any of these, but how justified was that target? You know what I mean? Because I'm like, yes, sure. He was like, screw this. I'm not getting into this. And he was probably like, I'm not about to get trampled. I'm not about to get killed for this stupid black Friday sale. And I can't really blame him for that. You know what I mean? And also, even if he had stayed, it, there were what they said there was like what two security guards for the whole thing and like what would have been even the chances that he wouldn't have also been killed like the other guard was right the other guard got killed right and then like what are the chances that he would have actually been able to even make it to her to help save her uh, Gina Gershon's character in time anyway so I'm just kind of like it's a stretch and I get it you know what I mean like there you whatever but it was just kind of like that one was a little bit of a stretch for me. Cause I'm like, I get it. I probably would have been like that too. I'd have been like, this job's not worth it. I'm not about to die tonight. I'm going to head out now. You know what I mean? And I just think that that was kind of odd for him to be like, you didn't stay to help her. And I'm like, 
you know what? They're, he would have been trampled over anyway. He was probably target number one to get trampled because it's like, get out of my way, security guard. We're going to do what we want. You know, so I just thought that was interesting. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I just thought that was like a, a stretch for a target of a person. But I guess, you know, you need more kills. And and then we got the cat. We got to see the cat and him, you know, be nice to the cat at least. So we got that scene from it, I suppose. <clears throat> but yeah, so I, I don't know. I was just kind of like iffy. I'm like, nah, I don't know how really involved necessarily you could say he was with what happened to her but um but yeah i mean also like i'm surprised that nobody mentioned the uh the the corn in the ear death because i or not death but like stab because i thought that was a pretty cool one like <laughs> with the corn on the oh, cob yeah, little tight. things on the side because that but that one looked so painful like obviously all of them did but like for some reason it's just like the ringing in the ears after he did it and everything like I thought that was a good one though because it was just kind of also amusing because it's like here corn cob holders whoop right in your ears you know it was just kind of it it was a a fun but also painful looking kill so I, I liked that one a lot but yeah I think that because the way that they started off with the kills with the with the lady you know in the restaurant um you feel like if this is where they're starting, like it's going to get crazy. <laughs> it's going to get real crazy with these kills. And it was for a lot of it too. I mean, it was super disturbing at the end too, especially when he's got the, the, the stepmom, I guess it was. And he's just like basting her or putting butter on her or whatever he was doing. I was like, this is really disturbing and creepy. Um, <laughs> but you know, like it just that that whole scene too, when they're actually all at the dinner, I think was the most disturbing part, just because you're just like, he's literally making these people into food. This is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it uh but I mean, and also my other thing too is I liked Jessica, the main character. She was she was good. Her boyfriend, actually both of her boyfriends that she has at different times, like the guy with the the golden arm, I'm like, I really thought that was going to come into play somewhere else in a bigger way than it did. You know what I mean? Like, it just was like, they kept talking about, oh, he's got this amazing arm and all this stuff. And like, they did one scene where he like threw something to distract and that was it. And I'm like, I really wanted you to do more with him and his golden arm that he had. But, um, but then also like you, you know that that's, they're trying to make him look like suspect number one when, when they're like, Oh, he had a career ending injury and nobody's seen him since. And, you know, you know, they're trying to set it up to look like it was him. And if they hadn't have set it up like that, I actually think like his motivation, if it was him would have probably been better than anybody else's (laughs) because his career ended like they, you know, that whole incident and him being there when he didn't even want to be there caused his arm to break in an insane way. I don't even know how his arm is like normal at all anymore, you know? So I feel like that he would have had a good motivation for it, but because they already tell you up front, like to suspect him, you know, it's not going to be him. So I was kind of like, which is also sort of a tropey thing that they do. But, um, but yeah, I, I just thought that was, that was funny. Cause I was like, all this talk about this man's golden arm and it didn't play into anything really. So that was kind of a missed opportunity. 
And then her her boyfriend that she has, like after this guy leaves and disappears for a year. Um what I I thought it was a weird choice to make him just completely absent from almost the entire rest of the movie after they figure out these killings are happening. I just don't know why. <laughs> and I don't know if it's supposed to be because he was supposed to look suspicious because he wasn't there ever. But in either case, I was like, they they made him this boyfriend and they made it this big thing that the two guys like hated each other. And, you know, just for him to like mark his territory of like, I'm the one with her now. And it just didn't mean anything because he's absent for almost the entire rest of this movie. So <laughs> just don't understand that choice either. But, um, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but, um, and then my last, like, I guess I would say criticism about the movie is, um, I feel like only the adults had the Boston accent <laughs> and none of the kids did. I felt like Patrick Dempsey. And then I think that coach guy, and I don't know, a couple of the other people, even Gina Gershon might have had it a little bit, but only the adults seem to have like that really Boston accent going on and none of the children did. So I didn't know what that choice was either. But I mean, and there are little things that don't actually make anything into a big deal that you would dislike about the movie. But it's just little things that you, you kind of notice with it because, you know, when it is a very simple baseline story it's easier to, I guess, to kind of pick up on those things like that anyway. And when you've seen so many slasher films like this, anyway, you start to like recognize the patterns of what they might try to be do. But, um, but it, it was still, I mean, in spite of all of those things, it was still fun and it was amusing. And I do think that they, they did the dynamics of the friend group really well, even, even when they were, you know, in the midst of trying not to be killed and when they were trying to figure out who it was and all that stuff, they, they had a good dynamic and, and they kind of grouped some people together that you didn't necessarily expect. Like the, uh, the girl that got the, you know, corn cob things in her ear, her boyfriend and, um, Jessica like teaming up together, you know, and like just, it was kind of nice that you feel like everybody sort of had their moment in the movie in that friend group, which was kind of cool. So, um, but yeah, and then, yeah, it was obvious, like, in a lot of places that it was the cop. I mean, it, it wasn't even anything I specifically noticed that made me think that, but I was just like, it's going to be this cop, isn't it? Off and on throughout the movie. And then when I see him there and she finds him, like, laying down on the ground by where the explosion went off and his face is burned or whatever, I was like, that's when I was like, it's definitely him. <laughs> I don't know why that was the moment that I was like, yeah, it's definitely this guy. But yeah, it, it was, uh, it was for the, even for it being a little bit predictable, the journey wasn't, I would say, I wouldn't say the journey getting to where the predictability was, was, you know, it, the whole movie wasn't predictable. It was just the ending result and the killer was predictable, but these kills and things like that, like. They weren't necessarily. I mean, I actually had a legit jump scare on one of mine because it was when I think uh, the um, the guy that was looking for the phone and his girlfriend when they're walking down the hall and he just like pops up and grabs them. That actually got me. I wasn't expecting it to be right then. 
you know, you know, something's coming and you know, it's about to get there. But right then and there, I wasn't expecting it. So it was, you know, it, it did have a, a few jump scares there. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was just very serviceable as an entertaining holiday themed slasher. Um, so yeah, I, I did. And I also like the idea of John Carver. I think the name is funny. And also just like the little masks that they're wearing and stuff like that was, you know, it, it was good, but yeah, it, it had a lot of, it had some Halloween vibes, but it had a lot of, I know what you did last summer vibes and I'm fine with that, but that's just more the category of slasher that I would put this into. But again, overall it was, it was good enough for me to say, yeah, if somebody wanted to watch it again, I'd watch it. I now have a theory. Do you rate a horror movie horror movie killer like as an iconicness almost based on whether or not you can make their name into the act of killing? Like you said, Justin, they got carvered. Like, can you make their name a verb for mm. what they do? Yeah. You know, because, like, Freddy's good to Freddy. <laughs> Jason going to Jason. As awkward as it is, Michael Myers is going to Michael Myers. And, like, some of them, it just doesn't really feel right, you know? Like, is the is the... Jeepers Creepers going to Jeepers? <laughs> it's not really scary being Jeepered. I don't know what the fuck even Jeepered is. <laughs> and then, you know, then you have stuff like the Candy Man. Are you going to get candied? That's kind of like, that's almost like a Sour Patch Kid. It's like sweet and scary. <laughs> It's like, are you going to sit there and he's going to like, oh, a box of chocolates. And you're like, oh, stab. No. But yeah, getting carvered. I hope it goes just like that. Yes. Yeah. But I like that though. I like that, Justin, getting carvered. Yeah. It works. I do like that. Because it kind of implies a specific type of killing, you know? If you get jigsawed, you know what I mean by that. Yep. There's no, there's no ambiguity yep. like, huh, I wonder if they were tickled to death. They got jigsawed. You know? Like, there's no ambiguity in that. If I say, man, that person got fucking freddied. You know what I meant? Now, I know some asshat out there is going to be like, oh, like in Five Nights at Freddy's? And you know damn well that's not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> there is going to be that one person. It's going to be yes, the same person be. that didn't, like, get out. It's going to be that guy. And that person's a dick. <laughs> oh, you mean like Freddie Goodbear or whatever the fuck his name was in that fucking movie? No. Or Golden Freddy. It was Golden Freddy. To get into, oh, you mean like that gold? You, are you saying they got golden? See, that sounds dumb. <laughs> oh, man, they's got golden over there. It doesn't have the same ring, really. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds dumb. Who the fuck wants to watch a movie where people are getting golden? I'd watch a movie where people are getting fucking Jason, though. Yeah. 
You know exactly what I mean by that. People just walking around getting jasoned left and right. But yeah, Carvered works though. They got Carvered. Yep. That does work. It does. And you think about like carving a turkey, the fact that John Carver was an actual pilgrim, like, so it's got some historical significance. It's got, and then it sounds like carve, you know, you think cut, you know, you think turkey, you think thanks. It works in a lot of ways. Like it really, it it works on multiple, on multiple levels, actually. Props and then to the, in the creativity story, of the name for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, and then in the story, he was buttering up a person and cooked them just like a turkey. Even put like that little thermometer thing. What's that thing that pops when the turkey's done? That's, that, that's a meat uh, thermometer. Well, it's, it's, it's a turkey thermometer. It's not, you should never use those. I know really? they come, they come in turkeys, like pre, like in turkey. Don't use them. Get an actual meat thermometer. Don't don't use those fucking little plastic shits. Just don't. I know this this episode comes out after Thanksgiving and it's too late. But in the future, don't <laughs> use those things. Use yeah, a real remember for next year. Okay, good to know. But it was cool how, you know, why would he need to put that in the body that he was cooking? But still, you know, he was very festive in how he cooked these people. You know, he wanted... You know, he wanted um, in his metaphoric cook of these people that he was trying to get revenge on. I just like how he was very festive. You know, he tried to use the the weapons for that, uh, the things that you normally see in Thanksgiving. He had a table <laughs> prepared for everybody. He wanted he wanted everybody there all sitting together. He was going to make everybody talk about what they were thankful for. I mean, the dude was very <laughs> festive, humor. man. That's true. He was, yeah. very, he was very festive and humorous in his vengeance. And <laughs> you just had to appreciate that. That is a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Now, Justin, are you saying we should let Carver cook? <laughs> oh, yeah. Just not me. Just not me. But I mean, come on, man, that man was cooking. And then when he was like, here, why don't you take a, uh, he cut, he cut, um, you know, he cuts that body and goes here. Why don't you have a taste of your wife and tell everybody what you're thankful for? It was so disturbing. Do you understand how fucked up that is? I mean, that is, that is, that is absolutely awful. And I mean, the guy was gagged and he's puking through the 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 thing that was used to gag him, which is I mean, a very real response abso- to that. Yeah. 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 That was absolutely horrible. I mean, it, that was messed up. Man. Bullshit. But that's what I mean by you guys were a little curious. No, <laughs> you were a little curious. <laughs> what does a Thanksgiving person taste like? <laughs> It's a perfectly natural thing. I mean, she was well prepared, you know. I mean, I mean, she was well prepared, you know what I mean. But and you know what? Know. It didn't seem like he was interested in eating any of them either. He just, you know, wanted to share them among themselves. I mean, this man is a professional <laughs> Thanksgiving expert. He really is. If yeah. you're going to trust somebody to make a roast person like you would a turkey, 
Lit Carver when he cooked, get that's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he really was. And like, and, and I, and I think that that's why this, like when I said that this is something that I could see, he's a person who's memorable because man, like when you add all that stuff up, it's like, how could I forget this guy? Like when I'm thinking about like horror people or slasher people, this was a very, very elaborate, just plan, but he had a motivation. I understood. I mean, he lost the woman that he loved and he lost his child as a result of this. So, and yeah. then he had a year to think about it. And that was the, the thing too. It wasn't like three days later, these killings start. He festered over that for a year. He thought about that for a year and plotted and planned for an entire year how he was going to do this. And he was like, man, on the anniversary, I'm about to cook, you know, (laughs) of of this death. I'm about to cook. So I think that that was tied to like he he had to sit with that for a year. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really just liked how all of that came together you know he was definitely a more memorable killer than the that sweet 16 killer from totally killer i mean yeah definitely stands out more than him for sure yeah kmart johnny bravo (laughs) yes that guy (laughs) who was the same as a teenager as he was as a grown man somehow but yes I, that goes back to what you were saying, though, Justin, like that teenage killer that's just got like the strength of a grown ass man that's been weight training for 20 years and shit like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's like, OK, how could this person really do all of this? And kind of and Heather made this point earlier, too, when he would kill, he was trying to kill you quickly. It was very stealthy. And he was really just trying to strike you quickly and that be it. And if you got away, then he would, you know, he would have to chase you down and do the hard work. But there were kills where he really was trying to avoid the hard work. He was really just trying to avoid doing a lot Mm -hmm. of struggling or a lot of, you know, letting you sit there and scream and stuff like that. It seemed like he was really trying to get this done. You know that, what I mean? A, Unless mm-hmm, you, he planned to capture you. Sorry. That was it. No, that's okay. I was just gonna say that is a good point. Like it, and that does make him a smart killer because he's not just like, let me just tell you the plot and plan of what I'm doing while you're struggling. And then you might get away or something like he was just like, I've got a job to do. I just need to kill these people. And that's, that's fair because a lot of times with slashers or with killers, like, that's not really how they do it. So that's that's a fair point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I like the style, man. I really dug it. I like that you're kind of like a just in the fan club of Carver. You know what I mean? Like you're really just supporting his decisions here. <laughs> I really do. You know, I, I could I, I don't know if a part two would be as good as this, but. Shoot, if I found out there was going to be one, I'd probably go see it, you know? I I think I I think I'd be there for it, you know, to see what yeah. the uh Thanksgiving 2 is. You know, I think I would see it. Now, but, would we uh, want him doing know. other holidays or just sticking with Thanksgiving? Like 
killing people on Christmas in like creative ways too, and like you know Halloween and Easter, or we just want to stick with Thanksgiving. I now think I kind of want that because I want a title of a movie to be called Thanksgiving Two Christmas. I just think that would be hilarious. <laughs> hey, all that is is ripping off a haunting in Connecticut Two, Ghosts of Georgia. Knew it was coming. Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> but if you do it, you have to go for more obscure holidays. Not that Thanksgiving is an obscure holiday. Thanksgiving is an obscure holiday when it comes to fucking horror movies, though. You True. got Thanksgiving, and that's really kind of about it. Like, I mean, there might be some other ones like the pumpkin patch, you know, or whatever the fuck, you know, some bullshit movie. But like, there's there's a bunch of Christmas horror movies. There's a bunch of you know, Halloween horror movies. Like, where is your Easter horror film? You know? Dressed up like a big old bunny going around, killing people, putting them in eggs or something like that. <laughs> Who knows? Like, where is your 4th of July <laughs> killer? Hmm. Dressed like Uncle Sam. You where know? is your yeah. Arbor yeah. Day killer? Yep. Just like a giant tree. I mean, I just want to see his costume changes, you know? But yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, that's, that is fair to say. Cause yeah, I mean, and that was, I think that was part of the appeal of this. Cause it's like, there's in general, not really a lot of Thanksgiving movies. And this one is like a horror Thanksgiving movie. So it was kind of like a two for one deal situation. And I did think that was nice to be a little bit obscure about what holiday it was for. Um, but the fact that they did make it like a valid storyline of why it's happening on Thanksgiving and why he wanted his revenge on Thanksgiving, like that was pretty well done. Yeah. So I, I do get why, you know, I, I get why you're a fan of it, you know, and the more we talked through it, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. He was actually a methodical, smart killer. And maybe it is because he was a cop also, but he was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to sneak up real silent quick kill get him to my lair for this spread I'm making and call it a day you know the only one he took his time with was the lady that he was buttering up to be the turkey that's the <laughs> yes. only one that he took his time with but um and she was also really good at being still in that situation like i would not have been able to play knocked out as long as she did with what he was doing. I just like getting all salted up and stuff seasoned up. And she's just like completely, I would have been so terrified and not able to just like not have like a trembling lip or something going on. She was just very expert at playing knocked out. No. Yeah. And, and now that you say that, that might've been one of the more unrealistic things was just how many times she got away like, because uh, because it's like you're saying, like she okay, she's on that table pretending, so she wakes up from being tranked, which, and then still kind of to have the presence of mind to go, oh, I need to pretend I'm knocked out, you know, not scream, not anything. She's like, oh shit, he's right here. Let me be knocked out. Yeah. But then be so reactive to that, I feel like. But yeah, and then it's like she got off the table, was hiding somehow got around him while hiding in that little area in space, got up the stairs without him hearing her, you know, then got 
behind the the, the wall. She did a whole lot <laughs> before she finally got caught. I mean, she yeah. got away four or five times before she got caught. That was actually a pretty like. I just feel like he would have gotten her before then, but but like man, she was she just kept getting away. She just kept escaping and kept escaping, and I was like, okay, how is she escaping? Like it, I, he would have. I was like, okay, he would have heard that, or he would have heard her around that corner, or he would have heard her crawling away in that. And then she was in like what a pilgrim outfit. Like I can only imagine how hard it is to move like freely in something like that. You know, you can't really like move like you would if you're in joggers or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, but also let's be realistic. If you're planning to roast this woman, you don't have clothes on. That is true. That is true. She would have been naked. And yeah, I would have dressed, likely. I would have dressed, I would have done it like a turkey. I would have tied the legs together like you do the legs for a turkey. And you would have tied the arms yeah. down too because you don't want them to move or stick out while they cook. You do that to hold them in yeah. place so they cook uniformly. I would have done that yeah. at that part of the prep already. You know? Yeah. And you wouldn't have wanted to burn her in that oven with clothes on because that you, you're risking a fire hazard. Right. This, is this kind of disturbing? We're talking about this. I mean, but you're risking a fire. <laughs> hazard. Is there really you a know, fire hazard? There's a lot of risk with in that. an industrial oven though, Justin. Well, I don't know. I, I think mean, she could have had on something that she could have had on something that I'm just saying, if you're know, wanting to feed her risky. to people, you don't want melted clothes on. You're true. True. But yeah. You, yeah. But you saying that, yes, was the biggest reason. Yes, she I'm thinking, totally should have been naked. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, you know, the edibility of the food for your guests. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did also like the, the, it was kind of amusing that there was the one girl that was just in the freezer or the fridge or whatever. And like, she was supposed to be the wine. <laughs> So like, put the cork in her neck. Yeah. Like I just chilled her in the thing, and like that was pretty amusing. He was very festive, Jason. You're right. Yeah. You guys got any more thoughts about this movie? I don't think so. Although, who was that girl that was the wine? That wasn't the cheerleader, was it? I think it was. Was it? Okay, because um, yeah, I thought she it was. got killed on the trampoline, but maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, who knows? It's impossible sure. to know. <laughs> There's literally no way we can find out. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. No no need to, to worry about it. Yes. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Cinema Slayers Podcast on Facebook, Cinema underscore Slayers on Instagram and threads, at Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok, at Cinema Slayers Pod on YouTube. Uh, we'd like to give a special shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Cho for our theme song and logos, respectively. Uh, give us a five star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends, and most of all, tell all those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love Carver. Carver in up. Patrick Dempsey. Oh, yes, that too. Patrick Dempsey, who is also, you know, he's Carver. So he same Carver. thing. 
So. <laughs> Uh, just remember here at the Cinema Slayers podcast, we are both pro slut, pro Sydney, pro naked. And you, yes, you, listener, are enough. I kind of forgot what I was really supposed to say. Like, I wanted just to say something else. In. I wanted to say something <laughs> Thanksgiving related. And I blanked because I don't really give a fuck about Thanksgiving. So I was just like, uh, what do people say other than happy Thanksgiving? So I'm like, that's weird. Plus anybody's going to be listening to it after Thanksgiving. So it's got to be a message that works as a post Thanksgiving message. So, uh, are we pro leftovers though? Mm, Honestly, it depends on what true. A lot of people make some dry-ass stuffing. I don't want no reheated dry-ass stuffing. (laughs) It's drier afterwards. (laughs) You know? I'm I'm a pro-leftovers person that I can eat cold. I don't like reheating my leftovers. I mean, I'll... I don't like that either. I'll I'll eat mashed potatoes and turkey and ham and stuffing and green bean casserole and... I'll eat all that shit cold. You know, you eat it once hot whenever you're eating it. And then after that, I'll eat it all cold. I don't give a shit. So that's kind of where I sit. As long as I don't got to reheat it to like for it to taste good, I'm pro leftover. How do you guys feel about cranberry sauce? I'm a little indifferent. I mean, I've had some that's good. I've had some that I didn't care for, but I've never liked it. Indifferent. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm indifferent also. I don't like it. I don't love it. I don't necessarily need it. Like if, if somebody didn't have it at Thanksgiving, I don't think I'd miss it. Like I probably wouldn't even notice that it wasn't there. But when I see it, I'm like, oh, you again. You know, it's just, it just feels like. <laughs> must be Thanksgiving because it's never <laughs> yeah, is it anywhere else ever. It's like the candy corn to me of Thanksgiving. Yeah, like, that's that's fair. <laughs> that's exactly what it is to me. It is the candy corn of Thanksgiving. That's why I don't fucking eat it. <laughs> yep. It's I do not like candy corn. I'll say I I like cranberry sauce better than I like candy corn for I sure. like them about the same I ate them once and that is all I've ever needed to eat for the entirety of my life <laughs> I yeah. am not and one I of those people remember. that needs no, to I'm like you, dude. Yeah, like I can't remember the last time I actually ate the cranberry sauce I just know I don't think it's nasty per se but I can't remember the last time I ate it I'm not like Oh, there's. Let me get some of that cran sauce. You know, it's. I just, mean, I I guess it's not nasty. I'm not gonna eat it and be like, Ugh. like, <laughs> you know, like and the same with candy corn. I guess you know, candy corn. I guess is not nasty. It's just yeah, I can not good. Yeah, you know? like I had it once and I went, man, that that's a flavor profile that I never <laughs> need. I'm <again."> done with. <laughs> I, like. When you get to the end of your Halloween candy and there's some candy corn left, do you just eat it so you can finish the candy or do you throw that away? Do you think I'm trick-or-treating? 
<laughs> I kind of hope I you are, know. but no. Maybe you left. Maybe you left it out for people, or maybe you eat it. Maybe you went yes. to a party at work or but, something but like why? that. There, there's a lot, a lot of situations you could have candy. But Justin, if but if I'm going to buy Halloween candy and I don't like candy corn, why would I buy any package of candy that has it? Well, I'm just saying, what if you got a bunch of it and it was in there? See. This is what I do when I buy <laughs> Halloween candy. I don't buy shit because I'm like, man, maybe these kids will like it. I buy it so my ass can eat it. <laughs> Got it. If there's any leftover. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter if or it's leftover it. or okay. not. I'm going to fucking eat it. It's going to be leftover by the sheer fact that I could not give it away because it's already ate. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? I'm buying that candy for me. And then I guess but if I know, have I- to give it to kids, I will. <laughs> But it's for me. <laughs> but what about your fellow coworkers and stuff? You never been surprised with a little like fuck fun bag my coworkers. I ain't buying them fucking candy. What the fuck? <laughs> but I mean, they never surprised you with a fun bag. They never been like, "Hey, Sterling, hey, you son of a bitch, here's a fun bag. You know, enjoy it or something." You know, they don't ever give you no fun bags, man. Justin, I don't think it's appropriate for us to talk on on, on a podcast whether or not. <laughs> I have ever experienced coworker fun bags. <laughs> I have. That's besides the point. Wasn't candy related. I'll say that. Well, that's a, that's a different fun bag. But, you know, I'm just talking about a little no, grab bag, a little fun bag of candy. Because, no, we're adults. Bag. Who the fuck does that? I, are, are you, you telling me you in your job fucking adults are walking around? Passing out Halloween candy to each other? I what the fuck I, went to, I went to my office yeah. uh, last Halloween when I went to my office. I had a desk full of candy. Do you like, work at the fucking just... Wonka chocolate factory, Justin? <laughs> no. Because I mean, it's not I even acceptable there. I didn't ask for it, but I had it. Here's the thing. I think it's like, it's definitely like an admin thing. Like if there's like those admins that work in like an office setting, they're very much, I feel like I've had so many where they're just like, oh, here's a little, like, you know, a little yeah. candy bag for everybody. But like, if you don't work in a, in a field of work where they have admins that are just going around doing that, like, why would you ever get it? But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the I difference ha- probably. I have not worked at a place with an admin in seven years. Okay. Right. So you're never around and and there's no, there's no like worker parties or anything where no. you all get together and go, Hey, you know, here's a fun bag, brother. Nothing like that. No. Cause that's a sexual harassment charge. Justin, you can't, you can't walk around your coworkers. Right. Going, here's a fun bag, brother. <laughs> Damn. Damn, man. I guess I'm more fortunate than I think. I mean, cause when I, ca- when I came to the office, man, I had a desk full of candy and I didn't ask for it. But, you know, they, they get people, they get festive and they're like, oh, let's give everybody candy. I don't know. I just thought maybe. Offices like to get a little festive. They're just like, oh, let's decorate. Yeah. Let's give fun stuff out. If if you're in an office setting all the time, that's definitely more of a thing. I work yeah, in what is you're like the out on the field, though. I, I, yeah. I, it's both. Like, I mean, I have my own desk. I have, we have an office, like all this stuff. But, like, it's the loosest definition of an office. You know, at any given okay. point. We're all working and no one is there or we're all there. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, you know, always varies with all that stuff. But like, because I mean, we don't, it's it's not somewhere the general public can go. 
you cannot, nobody can just walk into my office. You have to have badging. You have to have security clearance. You have to have all kinds of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so there's nothing okay. like that. Like, okay. It makes sense. So but, man, and, and when I was working there, <laughs> well, now I'm more out on the field, kind of like you, it's more like I'm working from home and stuff. But man, when I was there every holiday, they get fed every time there's a holiday, they get festive. So you're going to get like, some candy. We're going to do the white elephant, you know, yeah, gift yeah. exchange and all of that kind of stuff. You haven't done You haven't gotten on that white elephant. I don't think I've done a white elephant at a job. <laughs> ever. Man. Okay. I'm trying to think back. Maybe, maybe at a Christmas party at like the movie theater back in the day. Maybe. 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 I honestly like also now just want Jason like trying to be nice to go around to people with candy to be like, here you go. Here's a fun bag. <laughs> Don't do that, Justin. You will get arrested <laughs> or fired. That is sexual harassment. <laughs> you can't say that. Well, a little goodie bag, a grab bag. What's the word I can use? Goodie bag. None of those. Goodie bag. You a can goody, maybe goody say, fun bag. here is a bag of candy. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. yeah a yeah. sack of candy. Just no. check out my sack of candy. No. A bag no. of candy. Okay. You might even need to be more specific and go, hey, come here, on, Heather, get here, your mind out of the gut. Here is a Ziploc I mean, bag on, of Heather. candy. That's you, you set yourself up for it, man. Just, to be to be completely <laughs> neutral with it, you should say, here is a Ziploc bag of candy. Okay. Just very specific about it. A Ziploc bag of candy. Bag of fun no. candy. Well, maybe. Fun's not terrible a, in that. A fun bag of Ziploc. No a fun bag. You could say you could say I a, just really like saying you that. You could say a fun Ziploc of candy. <laughs> they a fun Ziploc. Hey, do you want my fun Ziploc? No, you can't say my. Can I shorten it don't, a bit? Do you want my, my zip? No. Do you want my zip bag? See, see, you're adding the word my. <laughs> that's where you fucked up. <laughs> okay. It's just here is a Ziploc. Or here's a fun Ziploc of candy. So my is too sexual. Yes. Like if yeah. I say you want my zip bag, yes. that sounds like something that sexual. That sounds like some BDSM shit. Okay. Like you've got your your got your, your nutsack in a zipper bag or something. <laughs> I never thought <laughs> my would just add so much context to a situation like this. Just yes. one word. <laughs> I guess you're right. It it does sound a little more sexual when it's that way. Yeah. Cause you're also implying what? there's only one. Yeah. Cause you're like my, well, what about the, t- here's the fun bag. That's still bad. Cause still it sounds too singular. Much? Is it still, cause you're still implying still that too- it's the singular bag. And when you're a guy, you can't say that in a workplace. That's bad. I feel like with fun bags, you can't say it at all, unfortunately, because <laughs> even if you pluralize it, it's something different. That's also bad. <laughs> yes, because then you're implying something sexual about a woman in a workplace and you can't yeah. do that. 
Yeah, I guess it's just too. And you also sound like a weird teenager from 1998. Oh, did you see those fun (laughs) bags on her? Like, you don't want to sound like that, Justin. You don't want to sound like that. Yeah, you're right. So it'd have to be a goodie bag or a a Ziploc. Ziploc, not goodie. Not a goodie bag. You don't want to be like, hey, you want my goodie bag? No, you don't want that? You you can't be going, my goodie bag? Yeah, you're right. Not my goodie. Yeah, my goodie bag sounds. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds. uh, That sounds like you have a crown royal bag wrapped around your ball sack. I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing how this could be problematic. Okay, I got you. Oh, man. I got you. You can say, hey, here is a nice Halloween Ziploc of candy for you. (laughs) Very generic. Just leave it like that. You're right. And nothing could be implied from that. Yeah. This might have been my favorite, like, side conversation since the Chewy Muffins conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you got to go generic. You got to go like, you know what I mean? You got to you got to go almost clinical with it. A Chewy Muffin bag. A Chewy Ziploc. Because that's close to you want a Chewy Muff bag? (laughs) No. Hey, now we've moved. Now we've gone down. We've gone down lower now. Yeah. Okay, I'll stop. I'll just see myself out. I get what you're saying. Plus, nobody wants a chewy muffin, regardless. Let alone load a bag of them. Oh man, appreciate the effort, though, Jason, to try to like say a nice thing at work. <laughs> Man, I've offended so many people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, and this is why well. adults should not pass out candy at work. It's inappropriate. <laughs> In general, that's yeah. just why. You're there to fucking work. Why are you passing out candy? Yeah. No more goodie bags for me. Correct. You can have a nice Ziploc bag of candy, Jess, and just no goodie bags. Got it. Uh huh. I'm glad we are now finally caught up to the modern 2023 workplace and what's acceptable there. Thank you. This has been a revelation. It really has. I'm good. I'm glad we're there. You know, I'm glad we're there. On that note, th- uh, no, I've already done all that. You made me fucking forget where the fuck I was. What I was supposed to say is just remember, as I always end this podcast, these YouTube videos and the TikToks, according to Justin, he wants to give you a fucking goodie bag. Tell him no. <laughs> the only time you've broken the streak of normal. That's how important this message is. Somebody else. Yes, you have to tell him no. If he comes offering you a goodie bag, you tell him no. That's bad. We're at work. This is inappropriate. And Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Nice. Oh, got it in. Had to get it in. But more importantly, Justin, you can't walk around giving out goodie bags. That's bad.
I'm Don't also kind of offended of that you thought I'd go buy candy corn. <laughs> like I'd make the conscious no, decision just, to go buy it. I just thought you might get a good, fun Ziploc bag of it from a possible coworker. That's fair. But it's also, it's a That's bag of candy corn. That's not fun. <laughs> no, it's not. That's how you know they're an enemy. Like, nobody knowingly walks around going, here's a bag of candy corn, because you're friends. <laughs> Do you know how intimate of a friend you would have to be on whether or not you knew if somebody liked candy corn? That is too close of a friend to be working together. That is not okay for a work environment, to be that close of friends <laughs> at work. Damn. It's too intimate. And, and I get it. Because I essentially like the candy corn of candies for Easter. I am the guy that goes and eats bags of black jelly beans. Oh, those are the candy corn of Easter. That's the candy yeah, corn of Easter. I don't, yeah. And I am that guy. I am the guy that's like, ooh, don't mind if I do. Because it's the only time of year where they sell bags of black jelly beans. Yeah, ah, son, I can't do those. I can't. Yeah, no, and I get it. Not me. No, no one man. can. That's why I don't buy them for other people. <laughs> I just eat them myself. Because I understand sense. it's really not socially acceptable that I eat those. There is something wrong with me. And that's why I eat them. I get it. You know, I buy them and, and, and for my ex-wife's mom. Because she likes them. You know what I mean? I'm not doing it because I'm like, ah, you're my ex-mother-in-law. Ha, ha, fuck you. Here's some black jelly beans. She likes them. She's the only other person I know that likes them. So I buy me and her both a bag. You know, like. And that's it. Because, you know. I don't don't try to force my black jelly bean on other people. That's rude. Why is it all of a sudden socially acceptable to push candy corn on people just because it's fucking Halloween? It's the same thing. Like, would you not be mad if you were doing an Easter egg hunt at work? Because apparently you do shit like that at work. Like, if you're doing an Easter egg hunt at work and you got an Easter egg of black jelly beans, wouldn't you be offended that somebody actually made that? Yeah, I'd be a little upset. Yeah. I'd be disappointed. I'm like, really? I had to pick this one? Or they had to pick this for me? Why? Yeah. What is my life? It's the same as somebody passing out candy corn. Just, you know, you might not, it wouldn't, might not be guaranteed that you're getting the candy corn bag, but just the fact that they thought you could. It's rude. And not acceptable at a workplace. Well, you know, there's always that one person that thinks, oh, I like this. So therefore, everybody likes it. And they haven't accepted that what they like is weird, kind of. Or it's not genuinely accepted as something that's likable. But they like it. So they're just like, oh, I just want to share with other people. But everybody else is like, no. You know, the, sometimes that happens. Yeah, and know? that person's a dick. <laughs> 
just they never like anything normal. It's never like, I love Kit Kats, so I buy everybody Kit Kats. It's never that. It's, I liked eating wax lips as a kid, so that's all I buy for Halloween. Like, no, you're the fucking weird one. Stop it. Or like that, what is that, that, that dark licorice or whatever? Like. I mean, I like that, that shit, though. You, you like it? Yeah, that's see, the black but, jelly but bean. See, to it's, me, it's that's the black like, licorice flavor. Yeah, I like it. So you like it? Yeah. See, I think that that, like, I've only met just a few people in my life that like it. Yeah. But there are, but you know. But I accept my shame, and I, I, I don't push it on people. <laughs> I eat it myself. You know, yeah, yeah, but you're not gonna go buy everybody that, no, like, just because you like. If it. I'm yeah, doing, exactly. if I'm doing but. anything for Easter, say like I was in charge of buying shit for Easter, I'd buy like eight bags of regular jelly beans and one bag of black jelly beans, and that's just for that one bag to go to me. Everyone else can split the other jelly beans. I don't give a fuck. I'm buying that for me. Plus, I don't want to share. See, that's also the other flip side of it. Because I like it, I don't want to share it with all the other assets. They're not good enough for it. Because the people that buy candy corn and pass it out are the same people that actually still don't like it. They're just assholes. They're not eating it. They just want to make everybody else a little sadder going, oh, I got some candy. Corn. (laughs) <laughs> I really want some black jelly beans now. I have to look them up on Amazon. See if I can get like an exotic black jelly bean. Or some like like some black jelly beans from Germany. Now I will say that European licorice. That stuff's a little too much even for me sometimes. Like, because American licorice, like that black jelly bean licorice, you know, that black licorice here. Nah, there's some artificial fake shit to that flavor. And I think that that's what I really dig is that artificial aspect of it. Man, you get that real fucking black licorice from like fucking Sweden or Norway or one of those fucking countries or even Germany, like, that hits different. That even fucks me up a little bit. And I love this shit. So like, is it just super sweet or like, no, why it's, with that? It's, it's it just, the way it's the, the it's so it's the same flavor. It's just like it, it weirdly like the American version. Like it's like it, it tailors itself to one part of the flavor where the European one is like subtle on that flavor and like more sharp on a different part of the flavor. You know what I mean? Because it's all based on a loop, uh, the the not not a root. Um, well, part of it's a root, but then also the the star anise, the the sea, the it's not technically it's, it's spice. Technically, it's all based around that mm. flavor. The li- you know when people say like mm. notes of licorice, you know, so it's like it's just a weird balance thing. You know what I mean? It it it's kind of like what I would assume would be like some of the differences uh, in root beers. Because, you know, root beers are all okay. based around, it's all based around sarsaparilla, you know. That's the that's the root from root beer, sarsaparilla. So 
it's like, are they targeting maybe the sweet side or the bitter side? You know what I mean? Like maybe they're amping up the sweet and lowering the bitter of this, you know, like it's just like a little bit of a balance difference with the sweet and the bitter and the pungentness of it. It's just all over the place. I'll still eat it. Gotcha. Don't get me wrong, but I, any, anytime I get like pure, like true, like European licorice, it, it does knock me a little bit too. So, but it's tasty. It still tastes like licorice. We can get you real fucked up, Justin. We can get you to drink some Jaeger. Get you drunk and it tastes like licorice. Oh. Okay. You get that shit ice cold, man, it fucking hits. I'm telling you, fucking good shit when it's cold. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> 